Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sipinski. I uh, had a very interesting week. Um, I'm actually speaking the day after my second son finished his combat medic course, and he had a Tekes graduation ceremony um, at a really large base, only an hour away from me. And I went with um, the only person who was around, my youngest son. Uh, my husband was working. Everyone else is away. You know, my daughter's in school. My other son's in yeshiva. My other boy's in the army. So I went with my youngest son. He was not excited to go, but I convinced him. And I told him, you know, one day you're going to be having one of these uh, ceremonies. And what, you don't want anybody to come? So we went. And... Um, this is the third one I've been to, but, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, the entire thing was like 30 minutes and we had to get there an hour early and check in and show our identity and everything. And you see all the, uh, all the families there. This is, you know, like I told you, this is my third time. So I was prepared. I brought food and a backpack and sandwiches and everything. Because um, that's what you do. You eat after the ceremony. And whenever you see your child, you give him food and you eat together wherever you can, you know, on the bleachers or after the ceremony outside on one of the picnic benches. And there are tons of these little picnic tables that Friends of the IDF has set up. I mean, tons. They're, They're not picnic tables like you and I know them, like wood. They're concrete picnic tables with a little roof. Tons of them. Um, but he wasn't allowed to leave. But let me just tell you about the ceremony. I told you. So it was an hour. You get there an hour early. You sit around and you wait. And you see him. And you actually can talk to him and everything. Get some pictures. And then the ceremony goes on. And there's like maybe 200 soldiers. And each of them are in their own um, group. There are three big groups. Maybe 60 each or something like that. 80 each. And there are these three commanders. And they're marching. And they're standing. And they're giving commands. And it's just so funny. Because, you know, Israel as far as I know, has one of the best armies in the world. And all their efforts go towards real fighting because there is no theory, really, in the Israeli army. You you use what you learn in the field. Um, there's constant war here. So marching and saluting and keeping rhythm and keeping straight lines is not a priority at all. They probably learned this little drill for an hour or two. Um, I grew up as some of you know, uh, going to high school, um, there's a marching band, and they're very, very strict. You know, they compete. You ha- you're, there's like a method, a way to walk and everything. They're very, very um, strict. My brother was a drum major. He's in charge of the whole marching band, you know, 88 people or something. And it's very uh, taken very seriously. This was nothing like that. This is this was like marching like a parade. And all the um, spectators or, and the family members were, this, this is the best part. They were so excited. All the men, they were reliving their youth. You could see it, you know, and they're clapping and they're singing to all the Israeli songs. And um, there's a flag raising. And uh, there's this part where the three commanders, there's music playing the entire time. These three commanders walk through the ranks and they're like, 
shaking hands and clapping people on the back. It is hilarious. And it must go on for 10 minutes. So there's just music playing. And these three commanders are walking through the ranks, shaking hands with soldiers. And they can't move. They can't move at all. Um, so that happens. But the, the best part is at the very end, they ask the audience to stand up. And they play Hatikva. And everyone's singing. And I've been to um, like fundraising dinners and galas in America and all different places where they play Hatikva. And the same thing happens. Everyone stands up and sings. But it's very different when you're in Israel with the IDF and you're a parent and all the other people with you are parents too. And that is extremely moving. And I like can't even sing because I get choked up very early on in the in the um, music. And it's uh, extremely moving. And you know, I have this show every week. And you hear all the different comments and the different guests. And what we all say about Israel and the good and the difficult and the challenges. And I never really want people to sugarcoat anything because I want everyone to really hear the truth. But when you go to a ceremony like that and it's your son or your daughter, um, it's, uh, th- there are really no words to, to describe how you feel. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's like beyond proud. I mean, th- this, this child, my second boy was not a really strong student. He wasn't a very good athlete. Um, my older son, you know, constantly put him down. He had that typical middle child syndrome and he's a medic. He's a combat medic and he's a paratrooper. It's a very, very strong unit. And he's so proud of himself. He stands up real tall and real good looking. And um, it's really great to see. And it's so, so amazing that the state of Israel has this, you know, built in to the culture, the IDF, the, the, the army. Everyone goes in, no matter what kind of student you are, no matter what kind of child you are, what kind of athlete you are, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor, if you have an accent, doesn't matter. You all go in and they sort you out and you find your way. And it gives you a, a boost towards the rest of your life. I think a big push off to the rest of your life. You can really change your life that way when you join. And um, my son now has a lot of confidence. He always did, but this is like beyond, you know, really, really standing really tall now. Um, so it's very uh, moving and very exciting and something that I, th- I hope every parent who comes to Israel gets to experience for themselves. It's, um, it's, it's hard to describe. It's really hard to describe. You know, my own parents uh, didn't have this. We were all, you know, regular American kids. Um, maybe they're proud at graduation from high school, but it's different. It's different. Um, you know, it's a different kind of accomplishment. But uh, it was it was really very special, and I wanted to share that with you. And um, if you come to Israel and you have small kids, you know one day that will happen for you. And if you come here and you're older, you'll see the same thing with your own grandchildren. Now, one thing that is kind of hard on us is we're a small family here. Uh, the other families have generations. You see grandparents. 
and siblings and parents and all this. And it's just me. Here it's just me and maybe one of my kids. So that's a little bit hard, but at least it's us. And I always tell my kids, and I've been telling them this since we moved to Israel, we're the first gen- first uh, generation here to just deal and, uh, you know, have a lot of kids. And, and the next generation will have a full table for every holiday. Okay, I recorded that. And then uh, a couple days later, I actually recorded some more during um, one of my morning walks. So here it goes. I'm playing it now. Oh, and I may as well tell you why I'm not doing a live show. Um, my, I, have, I have two kids home. One, my oldest, okay, my soldier, he's 21. And my 17-year-old, the senior, and then I have two other kids home. This is for Shabbat. But the 17-year-old finished his driving test, and he has a license, but he has to drive with me, a person who has been driving a long time. So tomorrow, um, the day I'm doing the show, I'm letting him drive my oldest son to his base, and then he's going to drive himself to the yeshiva, and then I'm going to take the car back. So I will be gone all day. So I figured, let me pre-record. This is, um, you know, driving here is something we have not talked about at all. There's theory uh, taught in high school, but the lessons are done privately. So each kid has to find his own teacher and do those lessons on his own time. I think there's something like 28 lessons they need to do before they take a test. And they take two tests, they're like state tests. All this is out of pocket. Um, It ends up being something like 5,000 shekel for all of it. From all the for all the lessons, each lesson is something like fifty, eighty shekel a lesson. Um, you can check different cities how much they cost. Uh, my kids have learned in Beersheba, um, but you know it varies. It really varies. Um, so that's something I guess we haven't talked about. But their driving is something they do on the side. Now some kids pay for it themselves, and they you know work so they have enough money to pay for it themselves. Some kids do it much also when they're older. Um, you can get. You can start your driving, I think, when you're eight, you're 16, you can even start the lessons. But you can, you know, miss, miss that window for whatever reason. And my my second son, who is 19, doesn't have a license. He didn't do his lessons. He never did that. And he's going to, I believe he's starting now. And he's in the Army. So I guess, like, every other week he's going to take a lesson. I don't know how that's going to happen. But um, that is something that uh, we haven't discussed. And it's a part of life here when you have teenagers. Hey everybody, it's me talking from my morning walk. It's about a quarter to seven in the morning. I just stopped at one of the wells. We call it a boar here, but it's actually a well um, on the side facing the Arabs behind us. And we've been walking for about half an hour, take a little break. And I was thinking, and I wanted to share this with you. Um, I was I was introduced to a um, <clears throat> to the head of a film company. Uh, about two weeks ago, and we met in Yerushalayim, and um, this man um, has this company, and they made a film about Menachem Begin. The The film is actually called Upheaval, but it's about Menachem Begin, and he asked me to show it to people to get support for um, our rescuers, for Hatzalat, the Logavulot, our medics here in Yerushalayim. He actually was a uh, first response medic himself. He's from somewhere in the middle of America, Colorado, I think, maybe Denver. And um, 
so he wants me to use this uh, to educate people as a fundraiser for us in different cities. So I've been reaching out to people. If any of you are interested in sharing it with your community and doing a, an event with us, please let me know. But um, as I started contacting friends of mine and supporters of mine, I uh, I didn't really know how to, um, you know, introduce this or sell this or make it sound exciting. I, I didn't really get it. And I had a call then last night with the um, CEO of the company. And um, we met before. And these are all Americans. They're all Americans. American Jews. And I asked him, I said, why, why did this guy make the movie? What was the uh, motivation? And he said something interesting. He said, there is no English information, really, about Menachem Begin and his life. It's in Israel, it's in Hebrew, everything's in another language. But there's no movie, there's no easy way to learn about him in English. So this guy wanted something made. He wanted a way for people to feel Jewish pride. Because Menachem Begin's story is very unique. He was a fighter. He was against the establishment. He was, you know, considered a criminal by some people. He was pretty extreme in his views. And um, he, you know, but he, but he actually did make peace. He made peace with Egypt. And um, he, uh, he was a really, really good leader. And they, they did show this film around. They have been showing it. And they actually showed it at the Begin Center, which is a beautiful place in Yerushalayim, named for Menachem Begin. And um, all over Israel, I think it's been shown in 200 places in Israel and around the United States also, but not everywhere, not everywhere. And, um, okay, that helped me. He said his main theme was like, this guy wants to spread Jewish pride. And I thought, well, the people who would see this, the people who would be interested in seeing it, I would think already have Jewish pride. But maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. And then I had to think uh, of the people I actually know, of people I grew up with and friends of mine who I've had over the years, not new friends that I met in Israel, not people who moved here or not people who um, are in my world today, but people I knew growing up. And where are they today? Do they have Jewish pride? Do they know about Menachem Begin? Do they know about Israel? Do they care? And I have to admit, like, for sure they don't know because they're still, you know, doing their normal, everyday American life. People I grew up with, um, none of them came here. None of them, I, very, you know, they didn't all marry Jews. They're not involved. They're not involved in Jewish life. I, I see it. Um, so uh, he's right. The guy's right. And uh, it's sad. Then he told me that the Christians love this movie. The Christian evangelicals love it. And they love Menachem Begin and everything he did. And they have a lot of Jewish pride. And I was just like, whoa. Christians are not Jews. Why should they have Jewish pride? Jews should have Jewish pride. But it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to, to, be, uh, to stand up sometimes. I get it. And there was one more thing I wanted to say. I remember a few years ago, maybe, you know, really one or two years ago, my son, my second son, who's now 19, so at the time, you know, 17, a senior, in his yeshiva in high school, was reading a book about Menachem Begin. Uh, he reads in Hebrew. They read in both. They can read in English and Hebrew. But it was a Hebrew novel, you know, a paperback. And it was about Menachem Begin. And it was lying around the house. 
And I asked him what it was, and he told me. He said, it's about Menachem Begin. It's made, it's great. He went and bought it himself at, like, some bookstore. So here they do learn. In Israel, they do learn about this guy and his and his um, struggles and, and what kind of leader he was and what he did. And they learn all about the, the development of the modern state of Israel and what happened. And if you read in English about the time of Exodus and the different, you know, boats and the time when Israel was just starting in 1948 and all that was going on here in Israel. If you do read, you get snippets, you do get bits, you do get a lot of it. Um, I recently read Golda Meir's book, I think it's called Pure Grit, all right? And that gives you a, a glimpse, but it's mostly about her. It's not so much about Menachem Begin. Um, but yeah, there just isn't much out there in English. And there is no English uh, movie. So so this guy must have been motivated by something um, extraordinary to actually make an entire film. It's a documentary. It's an only an hour long. And I think um, it's been distributed all, all over the place. So again, anyone listening who wants to do an event and educate people about the formation of the State of Israel... Um, and show about Menachem Begin and his leadership. You know, I'm, I'm living in one of Menachem Begin's houses. I don't know if all of you know this, but he really actually started developing Yehuda and Shomron. And he put down our houses, our little uh, eshkubit. It's called an eshkubit. It's a concrete block, 64 meters in one piece. Um, I'm sure I've told you what my house is like. We've added on to it, but it was and still is the main part of our house. Uh, three bedrooms, two little bathrooms, but one's a shower and one's a toilet, and um, a kitchen and salon joint cube. So it's like three little sections. And it's almost like, um, kind of like a uh, trailer in a way. You know, it's just one uh, rectangle piece. And it's on, it's, it's made of concrete. It's very, very thick walls so we don't need a safe room because it's basically a uh, shelter our house it's, it's concrete blocks thick um uh, you know the walls are a foot long uh, thick a foot thick and um it's put on the ground so there's no foundation or anything it's just plopped down on the on the dirt anyway he he did that he, he built those he put those down he didn't build them he put them down all over yudon shamron to create communities jewish communities um, but, you know, there's a lot more about him as a fighter. He's from, uh, anyway, I, I, uh, I'm here. If, if any of you are interested in, in doing that, please reach out to me, Natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And that's the end of our show today. Hope you enjoyed it. Please keep writing. I love your emails and I will speak to you all next week. Have a great week. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? 
At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. With scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from League City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Torres from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. opinion and more you're listening to israel news talk radio 